Cue the intro. TNMP, the Nerdy Misfit Podcast, with your host, with your host, with your host. Connor O'Neill and Matthew Hughes. What is up, Matthew? Not too much, Connor. And no. what is up, Nerdy Misfits? It's another, it's another, uh, another podcast episode. It's actually been a while since we've recorded one. Well, a while, but uh, you know, yeah, you know, nothing for the viewership, but for us, it has been a while indeed. So, what's going on with you, Matthew? What's going on? What's what's the his haps? What's the his haps and oh, maps? Oh, before we get into that, we do have a drink. <laughs> yes, Connor. What are we drinking today? Sometimes I forget. That means, obviously, it's a nighttime episode recording day. But today we are drinking a Metropolitan Brandy Cocktail, which is brandy, sweet vermouth, simple syrup, and bitters. We served it up in a cocktail coupe with a cocktail cherry as a garnish. It's pretty good. It is pretty good. It's um it's sweet. Sweet. You can still taste a good amount there's, of alcohol, yeah, which is that, good though. Yep. And it's uh it's fruity, kinda like got this like fruitiness to yeah, it. The aftertaste is really smooth, I find too. Yeah. So um but what is going on in the Matt Hizzle, eh? That's a Well, for us right now it's a uh, middle almost middle of November. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um weather's finally starting to become fall, almost winter. I feel like the last couple of weeks we've just had some really warm days, um, but otherwise I'm just trucking along. My goal for the year is to uh, I've updated my goal for reading and stuff. So the goal is to be at 500 completed things, and uh, of that 500 reading things, that would be equivalent. Well, not equivalent, sorry, but of that reading, um, the plan is to also get to 3,000 manga chapters this year. Damn, it's a lot of chapters. Three One Piece worth almost. Speaking of chapters. We went recently after we saw Film Red, which we will have a podcast yep. release discussing some of the things we've seen recently. So if it's out before this, then you know our thoughts. If it's out after this, you will you will know, you will our, know thoughts. our thoughts. Yeah. So after that, we uh, hit up hit up chapters. They're having a big sale. Yep. And uh, you picked up a couple Stairwares books. Yes, I picked up the beginning of the... Um Phase two, wave one of the High Republic series. Wow, that's uh, some good naming it's, they got going on. Well, there. to be to be fair, the way the way it's going is that so you had the phase one had three waves, so it seems like each phase is going to have like at least three waves. It seems, but the second wave is now taking place 150 years before the phase one, which was. Are they just continually going back? I think so. <laughs> yeah, because. The first phase took place, I want to say, about 200 years before the Phantom Menace. Okay. So now with this phase, we're doing 350 years before the Phantom Menace. But Yaddle, it's going to be a big, big character in this one, I think. Heck yeah. Some Yaddle action. Yeah. Hey, we got some Yaddle action. We did. In, uh, spoiler. <laughs> Not really. No. Just it, one of the characters. Which um, would also be discussed in our... It, Tales of the Jedi is what we're referring to, but that will also be... Uh, talked about yeah we're gonna try and keep all the things we've watched uh available for of the big things of for this special yeah, yeah. so so stay tuned for that so so definitely stay tuned or if you've come from and you're already listened to it heck yeah then you know our opinions on it exactly but um yeah so we i picked up a D book 
Yeah. Picked up the um, Dungeon Master Guide. Master's Guide. And then we were with a friend who just went crazy. He just picked up a, how much how many how many volumes did you say he had in he total? He picked up thirty something, right? Twenty twenty five twenty eight volumes. Twenty eight volumes. Which at the discount basically means he was spending about nine to ten dollars. Nine to ten dollars a volume with volume. the discount. So if you're a Canadian, it's roughly sixteen, seventeen dollars per volume usually. So it's, he did pretty good. Not bad at all. I'm trying to remember exactly. I think I remember what he picked up, but but yeah, there were some there were some things that were like, eh, you know, support locally. But it's like sometimes Amazon just has the things, you know. Sometimes I I go to the chapters and they just don't have. They don't have the manga selection's good, but bad at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's a big collection, but if they they don't have what you're looking for, then it's and sometimes bad. they're all over the place. Like yeah. they'll be like, oh, I have volume nine of X random manga, and that's it. And you're like, oh well, I'm think, kind of interested, but, but maybe I think I'll pick up chapters. One. It like, it's an experience. You know what I mean? Like trying to find. I don't know. For me, it is. It's always enjoyable. I mean, my favorite aspect. part about going to chapters is seeing when manga is actually recommended by one of the staff, because they do like the little stickers where they're like, Cole recommended yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, <or> Milo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it's just like whenever it's on something that I like, I'm all like, what a cultured individual. <laughs> like I remember. Um, we, there was one who had like rent a girlfriend and one that had a uh, dress up darling. And I was like, these are some cultured individuals. And they were both females. Yeah. And I was like, these are some cultured ladies right here. <laughs> Good taste. But um, yeah. And then obviously that I picked up the DM book because yep. I actually ran my first one shot, which I can't actually remember what the heck it was called. I think it was called the silver tower. Yeah, silvery tower, and it was uh, it was pretty. It went pretty well, overall. I think uh, all the all the lads that were participating enjoyed it, which in the end is the ultimate goal. Like as the the game master, dungeon master, that's kind of it's what you want. As long as everyone had fun, including yourself, mm-hmm. you know, if you had a good time doing it and they had a good time, I feel like that's doesn't matter quite how you got there as long as you got there and everyone had a good time. This so. was your first time uh, DMing before, right? Yep. It was indeed the very first time. Tell me your thoughts. Like, how did it How did it go? Like, a lot of prep work, obviously no. involved nothing, just blind, well, you know? Well, the, the one shot I picked was a very uh, DM, first DM-friendly style. So it was kind of like a, you go here, you fall, you... You get your individuals here, then you do this, you do this, they fight these. If they do get this check, this is the this is what they need to get. So it was very uh, much more laid out. Obviously it's a one shot, so already it's already gonna be a little bit more on the tracks. Mm-hmm. So I did change up a few things. Like at the beginning, I had them talk a little bit more and I created a couple NPCs to like have fun with them or to for them to chat with before going instead of just being like you're hired by random people you're going. I've like made, I made it so that we similar to the one shot we did. If you haven't checked it out, check out our session zero of creating the characters and check out our actual one shot special. But it was similar to where I did it so that it's open enough where the characters, if they want to do another one shot, they can use the same characters or if they don't choose not to, they don't have to, but it's open ended enough where they, we can keep doing other one shots with the same party. Okay. So, 
Um, so that's why I kind of created the NPCs as like kind of a familiar, like these are the people that usually hire them and they're familiar with each other already. Now, did you find, was there any like hiccups or difficulties that came with DMing? Um, I wouldn't, I would say hilariously, since I had it mostly where it was still stressful, like coming up, like, cause obviously you have to familiarize yourself with the one shot. So you have to make sure you read through it. You kind of. I like pre-planned potential if things, cause you know, sometimes you want to try and think of, if you know your group members, you might have an idea of where they might go. So I did think of a few potential, you know, hiccups that they might cause. So I'm just trying to like already do damage control that not that you can predict what people will do, but I feel like if you know your party members, then, you know, you kind of have an idea. That's fair. So that was stressful. Um, it was also a live session, which, we do all of our sessions say, online. Is this your first? Was that your first live? No, we did well, live. not not like. We did wait, live let together. me rephrase that. We did live already. <laughs> you're right. You're right. But uh, it but was. Did you guys do fully paper? Did you guys use D and D Beyond? Uh, at all? our one player had his had his iPad, so he used D and D Beyond. But okay. everyone else had paper. I had my laptop open. I was playing music through that. Um, Add the suspense. Exactly. But it went. Yeah, it went well. Um. The paper, like. I knew, I don't know, I don't, I'm not going to pretend I know all the rules of D&D, but none of the rules I didn't know came up, so that's good. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, everyone was good. Everyone understood what we were going for. Funny thing that happened was the way it was designed was it was like an adventure. So they got hired to do something. They hired to go get a staff, and it's at an old wizard abandoned wizard broken down tower and they couldn't even get in the front door and the one character can fly so he flew over and the first encounter is like once you get through the door and so he got knocked in the first encounter because he was by himself because the other two couldn't get through the door they couldn't they broke they rolled a natural one on their um thieves on their tools to to lock picking to lock pick so it got stuck in there so they couldn't attempt to lock pick anymore and that was i think it was their only set of tools as well and then they rolled extremely low to break down the door they never bothered to attack the door so that's on them that's i'm not going to tell them what to do Mm -hmm. and they could have climbed over the wall but they chose to keep trying to break down the door instead of climb and while they were doing that the other party member was like fighting four spiders by himself and he rolled poorly. So he got downed. Damn. Yeah. The part, it was designed for four to five level threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was only three people playing. Yep. So what I did to adjust was there was a cleric. I let him be level four. So he had an extra spell and uh, some more health and stuff. So he, I didn't want like the people who were hardcore damage dealers would be too high of a level so it was two level threes one level four and then i gave them health potions to start and i handed out a couple more health potions based on this uh there was a spot where in one of the rooms if they got a high enough check that it was only one health potion mm-hmm. but when they got the check i gave them three okay good call good just call. because well and the other thing is they're the way it's like they weren't going to get a long rest i wasn't going to let them get a long rest mm-hmm. like they got wrecked and I, the one thing I did to add more stress to the situation was I created, thankfully they didn't fight them because I didn't have them actually made. 
So I would have to come up with them on the spot. But I had other parties that found out about the staff and where it was in the oh, forest okay, on okay. the way. So to kind of rush them to be like, oh, there's other parties that want this. Like you need to get it now there. You don't have a choice. And then I made the party sound too ridiculous for them to just kill. Like I made the one party like a party of eight. So is that indirect railroading or how's that work? Yeah, I guess in a way. Well, if they went to fight him, I would have wrote it, but it would have yeah. been a bad decision but that for them. But it was just more to make sure that they kept going and that it was more to so that they understood that they couldn't take a a long rest to give yeah. that like sense of like there sense. are other people. Like in general, a one shot is railroaded. It's a story that's already supposed to be told. It's just how they get there. Yeah. Right? So I had all of those different groups specifically set up so that I didn't think that they would get that damaged, but my goal was that if they did all, cause there were going to be spiders along all the different rooms and different creatures and whatnot. And they bumped in and originally they were going to bump into all of them potentially if they went into all the rooms. But after the first fight, they were already using a sh- shite ton of uh, healing, um, healing and their potions in the mm-hmm. first combat i was like okay they're probably gonna think that they're gonna try and get off a long rest so i made sure to like get that out of their mind basically that that wasn't gonna happen yeah because this is the story and you're already at the tower Mm -hmm. so and they took a short rest which was fine and they used their hit die and then the funniest part was the actual big bad at the end is like the the, who used to be the wizard of the tower and stuff. And they killed him actually a lot easier than they had with the spiders because they were all together. They had, so they had no problem. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> yeah, but they, they enjoyed it. Um, I didn't do too many voices. I did like two voices. I did like, I had like this gnome character who was like the messenger who went to go get them. Mm-hmm. And he was like a very timid gnome. Like, oh, okay. like... I forgot that. I think they were like the Dark Triad or something was their, okay. was their, Dark Triad or something yep. was their name. And I was like, oh, you guys, if you were interested, there's another mission for you. Like that style. Okay. And then I had the big bad at the end was like all like more um, Gollum-like, you know, like greedy, like this is my treasure. What are you doing? I kind of went that style with it. And they had a good time. They beat them. Um they the the main staff at the end is like the whole reason in that they're hired is to get the staff to keep it out of the hands of evil because it's a um it's a uh, staff to control dragons or mm-hmm. whatever and knowing one of my party members is just based on his characters he's played and his decisions he a thief no matter what so i knew for a fact the second i hired them so this is how i tried to avoid him trying to steal it so what I did was the first first fail save I put him in place was you guys have done multiple jobs for these people already. So I'm trying to create that there's trust. Yeah, level of trust. Yeah, so they know that you're not going to take stuff because they've already hired you to do stuff like this. So I was kind of hoping that that would come into his mind. And then once they were talking amongst each other where he was all like, because they tell them that this staff needs to be taken out of like, you know, Mm-hmm. and uh they're like what exactly does it do and then you you kind of tell them and uh they were talking like like what if we just take it 
And I was like, that's when I created some OP, like level 18 character, you know, I was like, oh, I'm like some mage puts his hand on you and your, your armor starts to like singe a bit and you can feel the heat from his hand as he's like, I know you guys will do a great job and you'll be back here soon. You know, like trying to intimidate them. So they're like, oh, yikes, crud. I like that. So that was like my way of being like, you're bringing the staff back. Mm -hmm. And they were allowed to keep any of the treasure they found in the thing. And they, I rolled pretty good for them for the, the treasure hoard. So, and the best part is like when they bring the staff back, the staff gets identified and it's like all the staff actually does is summon like this pseudo dragon familiar that can't really do anything, but he's heckin' cute. So if you get, if you, never mind, I can't ask that question in case any of the players are asking, never mind. Well, what players? Like, you can ask. Well, I was just saying for, like, a future story, would you bring that staff back? Yeah, they have the staff. Oh, they oh, so, so they physically yeah, have Yeah, once, okay. once the, like, head people in charge, I can't remember that I have it all written down in my notes. Once they um, identify and realize it's not to control dragons, but it just summons the pseudo dragon, they, they're just like, are you guys interested in the staff? They're like, yeah. So even though okay. there's no ma- real mage on their team, because it can be used as a, um, like an object for magic. Um, but we'll see. Maybe we'll have more players, and maybe one of them will be a, exactly a magic user as well. You never know. But um, yeah, they all had fun. Um, maybe we'll try another one shot with some of our, because a couple of our D and D group members from our regular campaign weren't able to make it out. Um, this was we were all together for the League of Legends championship. Mm-hmm. World Championship Finals. You should do a. You should do another one shot with um, the people that weren't there separately, and then have a third. Bring one the groups shot. together yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. The whole the third the third night the third session would be both parties coming together. That's that's not a bad idea. It'd be good storytelling because you could even because you've implied that there there's some of the treasures the group is going after other groups are going after it too right so yeah then maybe they were on the potential future team up you know yeah you're not wrong you're not wrong you run the same. <laughs> story with the other group group except when they get there it's gone already and then they're out to hunt the other group think about it some good storytelling yeah but pvp is not too much pvp is not super fun it's not balanced it's not balanced true but um yeah how about you matt well you're you're planning your second session for power rangers you plan on joining us for dnd anytime soon i hope so life has been freaking busy man a lot of things going on in my personal life you know just gonna adjust this quick. Um, yeah, so I've planned. Um, I've. I don't want to say I've planned the next three sessions or so, but I've planned the story points for the next three sessions if they follow. A the general way. rule. Yeah. I, yeah. Generally, I have the next few sessions stories figured out. Um, Until they decide to go the opposite way. Pretty in the much. First, yeah. Next session. Yeah. I have a couple plot twists coming up that I can't reveal because I know nice. some of the uh, players. Some of the rangers listened, so I don't want to spoil something now if we haven't had our second session yet. But I'm super excited. I've been using a website called Hero Forge, yep. which is like an online 3D maker for the uh, for the minis. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing that for some of the rangers just to give uh, the players some more like creativity. Like this is what you guys kind of look like morphed kind of thing. So that's been super fun. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited because I wrote a lot of lore because again, this is a fully homebrew situation which i kind of regret in a way 
but you're loving it. At the I'm same loving time. It at the same time. Yeah, first time GMing, DMing, like doing a homebrew. I think it was very risky. That's one thing I have <laughs> so much respect for my DM, who we've had on, Eric. Yeah, and I didn't even have to do that much, and I'm like, oh man, it's stressful, man. We use <laughs> we use Monopoly pieces for our uh, <laughs> nice because the maps I didn't have anything to do mm-hmm. maps for like any like big chart paper or anything so what we did was i printed them on just regular sized paper and then yeah we just used the monopoly piece monopoly i mean it would work though it, it, works. it got the job done exactly we, they, the idea was there we all were separate pieces yeah well when i did when i did my session one we used um star wars minis yeah whatever works so right? it worked you know but I'm, hope, I'm hoping for next time i'm gonna try and find something more closer to it well but that's the hard. one thing i think is nice like in person was harder. It's fun to roll dice. Yeah. And shout out to our boy Kurt, who was one of the players. He uh, all made us little dice vaults. Nice. And dice. Oh. Yeah. You have to show me them after. I'm curious. Yeah. So uh, he made us some dice and a and a dice vault, which was really nice to him. So a shout out to the boy. Um. And uh, yeah, it's always nice to roll real dice because mm-hmm. I just roll them on D and D Beyond because it does everything for me. And yeah. I'm already have it open and. I just want to like take up more space in my desk. And also that way when I roll like two D20s or a D20, you know, I know that no one will question me. It's legit. It's on the screen. Everyone else sees it. Exactly. I don't need to be questioned. Not saying anyone in our group's a cheater, but I'm just saying like, you know, Mm -hmm. D&D Beyond, if everyone can see it, it's legit. Then it's the truth. But uh, it was fun rolling real dice. Also fun rolling dice behind the screen. That's fun. Uh, not people not knowing what's what's going on or see why that, you're rolling. Yeah, see that like as a player, I feel like that's stressful. But at the same time, like as a DM, you almost have to have like a poker face as well. No, my poker face is I'm just always the same. Like I just have that yeah. like evil smirk where like I, maybe I was just rolling dice because I didn't have a reason. I would just rolled it. Really? But they don't know throw why. Throw them off. They yeah. don't know why. <laughs> yeah. You open the door. Okay. <laughs> Literally though, it's like <laughs> nothing's in there, but I'll just roll this dice. With I'm like, oh, make a perception check, and I'm rolling the die, even though there's nothing in there to like stealth from or anything. Yeah, really. you just gotta throw them off, you know. Um, but yeah, I just I think it. The one thing that's really nice about online tools is I think there's lots of pre-made maps available on yeah. co- different communities and whatnot for different apps, which you can just tinker with yourself to kind of fit more into what you want, or you can just make them from scratch. And I think. As long as you get are familiar with the program, I feel like it's a lot easier and cheaper, much much cheaper. Because obviously you can just do the straight up paper, have a map, which is yeah. nice, mm-hmm. definitely nice when you're in person to have. But then there's the ex the next level, right? Which is like the actual like materials where you like 3D print stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or you, you have go from like, 2D to 3D basically. Yeah. And that stuff is expensive. Yep. But on online. You can just buy one program. Some programs are even free. As long as you get familiar with it, you can make it really awesome maps. So I think that that aspect's better. Mm -hmm. But it is fun to see people in person as well. I think it just adds more. Well, and you can see like people's actual reactions. Yeah, exactly. I guess we could be doing a video call, but it's not the same. Well, it's like we have if we're doing combat, we already have our virtual tabletop open, and then yeah. I do remember uh, when we were doing our first session in Power Rangers. Um, one of the best parts of viewing in person is that um, this character named Jim opens his backpack and he throws the morphers to the four rangers, and two of them roll so badly they both miss it. 
Yeah, they don't. Yeah, we had a similar situation. <laughs> the character that could fly tried to throw his health potion to a character. He rolled incredibly poorly for the throw. Oh, no. And then the other character rolled incredibly badly for the catch. Oh. And then they saw a health potion shatter, shatter in front of yeah. them. <laughs> I knew it. I was like, I know where this is going. <laughs> you should have had your power. You should have had your morpher break. Oh, oh looks like you're not morphing with everyone else. <laughs> well, thankfully, the other two characters that got their morphers, they used like their reaction to go and pick it up and like try and throw them. So Smart. then, thankfully, yep. the second time they they did they, they rolled, they but they passed. Thankfully, but to be fair, I think just throughout it, there was a couple. Uh, one of the players, Eddie, he um he was doing bad rolls the entire time except for one where i wanted him to do a bad roll and he did a really good roll of course but otherwise the way it crumbles it's the way the dice roll but he was climbing up a like a shelf and he did like i think he rolled like a nine or something just really bad i wrote but first session level one yeah nine's not horrible but i wrote it down as 10 i was like you know what because he had to roll a d20 and a d6 i think oh yeah so I was like, you know what? 10 out of 26, that's not bad. No, that's definitely very yeah. doable. Yeah. So I got him to like climb up, be able to climb up in like three out of four shelves, and then he just, the bookshelf just tumbles ah, on top of him. Yeah, I hate like, to see ay, it. Ay, ay. Even when the earthquake, I got everyone to do like a check just to be able to like stabilize themselves, and everyone just got a poor roll. Like, yeah, it was just, just not checking a good for time. natural ones and stuff. Yeah. You gotta have fun with the, the, the party, you know? But it's always fun to see their reaction in person or like. Yeah. We'll have to have you join our session for. I know we've talked about it and you've talked to the DM a bit. Mm -hmm. So maybe, you know, you're obviously busy, so it wouldn't be a permanent thing, but, you know, pop in every now. Temperament, like not temperamental, sorry. A temporary. Every now and then character, pop in character. But I think it would be fun for you to talk about how you feel about like the the characters you met in in our campaign and, you know, what you're thinking. Do a separate podcast. It's just my character being like, met this weird one <laughs> just a different perspective you know and you can we can yeah. talk about it on the podcast and you can be like they're a wild group <laughs> could be a could be a fun go so if that happens or you want to see you know matt join our join our session and uh give his thoughts on it let us know you know i was thinking about doing that as like a, a an idea for later on in one of the podcasts is just like a soft retelling of one of the sessions yeah like i don't i wouldn't really like be a long episode or anything but it'd be kind of fun just to like well maybe if you have the gear you could also set up a recording of one of your yeah. sessions maybe i'll also make a script and i'll just get them to all come in and record bit lines <laughs> now <laughs> make but, a little show of it but, but it, no. could, it could be good if you guys have yeah. a recorded session for see how it goes everyone can see could be fun but yeah that was uh other than that i watched the league that was uh before league and then we watched league little nos x performed the opening ceremony yeah. it was weird as you'd expect um, but not yeah. my favorite of the league songs, but not my least favorite either. Yeah, if you're not a League of Legends fan, uh, in the competitive league scene, there's a massive tournament. The World Championship happens every year, and they always have like an anthem each year for the song. And they've had some artists like Imagine Dragons do yep. do their songs. And their hit year. song "Warriors" from 2014 was the was for League. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this year we had Little Nas X do the song, and the song was a decent song. I just didn't feel like it was didn't as give hype. me league vibes though. Wasn't as hype for league, yeah. But I've heard it on the radio a bunch though. I was you when you showed it was it on to the me, radio when you showed it to me once. I was like, oh, okay, you know whatever, right? And then I was driving home like a few days ago, and I was like, why does this song sound familiar? I turn off. I'm like, wait a second, 
this is this is the, the league song for the year. I was generally shocked to be honest, but again, Little Nas X is he's pretty big, so he's definitely probably one of the biggest that they've had, if not yeah. the biggest, in terms of pop stars. Yeah, but it didn't feel as a um, I don't know because sometimes they they've picked artists that all like league or play league. I'm not sure if little I haven't seen anything from Little Nas X, so I can't say either way if he does or doesn't, but. Mm-hmm. Felt like less so, but yeah, the ended up being a lot longer than expected. The underdog actually ended up winning, so no way. underdog story. But Perfect. went the full five game distance. There were a few delays at the beginning, so went to bed at like two thirty a.m. <laughs> nice, that time difference. Well, I mean, the past few World Championships have been in Asia, mm-hmm. so pick your poison. Would you rather wake up at three a.m. to watch the games? Would you rather be heading to bed at like 2 a.m.? That's 2, true. 3 I'd prefer to be going to bed at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. So that was the. That was what happened. So I'm not upset about it. Going back to the beginning of this episode, uh, did you buy anything else other than the D- the Dungeon Master Guide, or was that all you bought? At That's Chapters? all I got. Okay. That is all I got because they had the sale and yeah. the, the, the Wizard of the Coast, they, their books are a little Maybe expensive. expensive. They'd be a little pricey, so yeah, yeah. Next, I bought the two Star Wars books. I bought the Ultra Analysis for My Hero, which is whatever. And then I bought a Marvel graphic novel called... uh, Marvel has this newer style graphic novel called Voices. Okay. And they do various collections. So there's like a, a, a Pride one. There's an Indigenous one trying to think of the other ones to be honest those are the two that came to mind um but i picked up the indigenous one mm-hmm. and what it is it's a collection of different one-off issues of marvel's indigenous characters and all the stories are done by indigenous writers and indigenous artists oh that's pretty awesome so and i like even just like the opening panel not panel but like the opening couple pages just shows you like the top marvel characters that are indigenous because like Marvel has like 14 characters that are decently, I'm going to say decently big because not too many of them are huge. Um, but it was so cool to see like the different indigenous characters. And ironic enough, most of them are from Alpha Flight, okay, which is obviously the yeah. Canadian X-Men. Um, but obviously the, the big one right now is Echo. So for those who have watched the Hawkeye show, she's in the Hawkeye show. And the comics right now, she is the Phoenix Entity, Ooh. which is pretty insane. Um, but what makes her character unique is obviously she's like, um, she's indigenous, but she's also deaf. Oh, okay. So she's, but she's a very interesting character and she has like a lot of background with Daredevil, Kingpin. That's why she was in Hawkeye and stuff like that. Um, I believe she's getting her own show, so I'm super excited for that, but we shall see. Is Daredevil going to end up becoming that hero that's just like always popping in on different things now, you think? I think... I think Marvel, the way he's doing it, is they're making like their own, t- like they're trying to just tiny tie them in. universe on Disney Plus, and then the MCU. I mean, which I makes, I get it. You know, I think I think it's a good way to do it. I'm it's, sure contractually, it's very very difficult to have the crossover of big blockbuster films, which every Marvel movie yeah. is, and yep. TV shows. So it kind of makes sense that they kind of. They're in the same universe, but they're kind of in their own bubbles. Yeah, but they're doing a better job than what they did of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which they did okay with at yeah. the beginning of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I would be honest, I have not seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I've seen the first three seasons. But I know that like 
throughout it, like based on when the movies were seasons. getting released. Yeah, they just had like little impacts on yeah. like what was happening in the show. The goal for me when I was watching was obviously you kind of wanted to see how they Agents of Shield affected the movies, you mm-hmm. know, because all the Avengers all know Agent Coulson's dead, but he's not dead. Would have been cool to see something with him them being revealed he's alive or yeah for him to come back or something later on yeah so <laughs> but yeah they're kind of just stuck in their own bubble does they plan on using she-hulk in any of the marvel movies or I you don't, don't think so i don't know like i could see them doing an a-force movie a few years from now like it the seems more female-led seems stuff or like we know there's a fantastic four yeah as not for is it sounds they could have the already the fifth member of She-Hulk they could. Right in the group, even though it's not four. Depending on the would story, make, would make it different than the other two films. Exactly, and depending on the story, they could just kill one of the Fantastic Four members right off, and She-Hulk will replace them. Yeah, it's true. They that would that also make it very different than Fantastic, like the other Fantastic. The real four question films. is, do they have Chris Evans be Johnny Storm? No, they won't. They should do it. Unless they multiverse it. He should be both. <laughs> uh, I saw also Chris. Chris Evans was the People Magazine's sexiest man this year. The Rock refused to believe it. The Rock refused to believe it? He was like, no, I ain't giving up my title. And obviously in a joking matter. Yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty sure it was The Rock that was like, yeah, no, no, my title. Sorry, bud. I'm surprised. I looked and he hasn't won it before. I know. Which I found shocking, honestly. I found that a little bit surprising. You find it shocking because you're a nerd, though. Yes. So Chris Evans has one of the highest um, different nerd roles. Yes, he's in, in many different yeah superhero movies. He's been three heroes, right, or three? It's been more than that. Like he has like eight credits for for superhero or like nerd based films because you have him in Fantastic Four as Johnny Storm. You have him in Captain America. He was in The Losers, yeah, which is another DC product. He played. Um, he voiced um, Casey Jones in the animated 2004 TMNT movie. Oh, I think I remember you telling saying that to me. Yeah. Um, trying to remember the other roles he's done. But he's done a, a th- oh uh, Scott Pilgrim. He was in Scott Pilgrim. One of the he's one, one of the, of the evil exes. Yeah, yeah, he's the skateboarder one. Nice. He's like the famous actor. Um, so that's a big one as well. Have you ever read Scott Pilgrim? Mm. Or watched the movie? I've seen the movie, but I've never read them. Pretty good. Obviously, yeah. So Fantastic Four, TMNT, Scott Pilgrim, uh, Snowpiercer, which is another big one. I don't want act. I don't want his awards. I want his movies. His awards. He's won many awards, including People's Magazine's Sexiest Man. But yeah, it's just funny because um, Chris Hemsworth won it, but forever ago. Not forever, forever ago, but like first Thor. Yeah. Like first or second Thor movie ago. But I think just because Chris have Chris Evans has like a weird filmography, but he's playing also some really good roles. Like I can't really think of a bad Chris Evans film. Well, where I think it's, it's his fault. I think it's deserved. I think he, I think he's a very attractive gentleman. I agree. And from everything I've read and seen from him online, he seems like a very, genuinely pretty just kind, a nice person. person. Yeah. Like he's always like supporting good causes and stuff. So I feel like. It's a good person to have. I agree. But uh, any any other news from you, Matt? Oh, how, uh, give us your Avatar The Last Airbender update, Matt. 
There is no update. I'm whenever, when, I can't remember when this. I, I can't remember when this episode is airing, but don't worry. First episode of the new year. It will be me talking about how I finished up Avatar: The Last Airbender. Don't you worry. No, I'm holding you to that. First special of the new year. <laughs> First special of the new year. Avatar: The Last Airbender watched by our newbie. Let's pull up a calendar here. First, first, first watch of the Avatar: The Last Airbender. Do I make you watch all of Legend of Korra in that time too? No. Yeah, it's true. That'd be torturous. So January sixth. I'm gonna say it right now. We're gonna release an episode. Happy New Year. First special of the new year. It's gonna be us discussing my thoughts all on Avatar. And depending how much I like Avatar, because you know me well enough that if I really enjoy it, I'll end up watching Legend of Korra. Yeah, you'll you know how I freaking love the expanded universe crap. Yeah, it's true. Christmas is on a Sunday this year. Merry Christmas. So as of recording this, obviously Halloween passed in the on the 31st and we did put out a special. There was some some controversy. Yeah. Some people did not like our opinions. I just want to say put it on the record. First of all, we tried each of those candies. We did. It wasn't just looking at it. That tier list, I had to go find pictures of each of those stupid candies for. It was a lot of work. To make, our, to make our own tier list because those are the candies we found. So those are the candies we tried. And yeah, there are some things I may have edited at the end, that, but it's just based on when we tried them. Well, I just think also like... And it's easy to say, oh yeah, this is the best when, yeah, most of the time, if you're saying that, you might be lying. When was the last time you actually had that? Or actually, a big hot take was some people were saying Whoppers are better than Maltesers. And all I'm going to say is that person cannot be trusted if that's your opinion. It's true. It's true. Look at you, Ebats. Listen here, buddy. Because <laughs> you got to try all these different chocolates yeah. first. Okay. Yeah. We were trying them. And some of them were bad. I don't know what else to say. Some of them were straight up not good. I would put Kit Kat higher. I would put Kit Kat in A tier. It's just we had it so early and I didn't want to like put things too high. I didn't want to have too many things in super high tiers. It's true. Right? You don't want to like be like throw everything that you really enjoy in A tier. Yeah. You know, it's, that's part of the issue. But stay tuned because we're going to have another tier list. Oh, are we? We are. Um, Come around the Christmas season. Mm. What is that tier list going to be about? You guys will just have to listen. What's your favorite candy out. cane? <laughs> favorite flavor candy cane. It's just us trying 26 different flavors of candy canes. Hmm, minty. No. Ooh, this one's a little bit more minty. This one's slightly more fruity, but also a hint of mint. No, Ooh, it won't cinnamon. be. It's not going to be candy canes. But stay tuned for that episode. I'm super excited for that one to come out. We haven't recorded it yet, so don't think yep. that, but. Closer to Christmas, we'll have that one. Closer to the holidays, I should say. Closer to the holidays. Yeah, favorite Christmas movie. Favorite Christmas movie. Um, honestly, I don't really like many Christmas movies. My mom loves Elf. She loves it. Can you guess what my least you, favorite Christmas yeah, movie Elf. is? It's Elf. You would think it was her first time watching the film. Every time she watches it. She laughs like it's the first time she's ever seen it. No. Yep. She sure do. So we always watch Elf. How many times a year? How many times the Christmas season? Sorry. Say at least 
I would say twice. Ah, it's twice too many. <laughs> but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we catch like glimpse of it on TV or something. Always on TV. Yeah. Every channel has it playing all the friggin' time. So this is the best. This is not um, the best. I like the like the Grinch is okay. Like the Jim Carrey, the live action one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's about it. Okay. Okay. That's but that's yeah. I'm. I don't like Christmas Carol. Any of them. Some of them obviously look okay. Yeah. And they're acting. I just, meh. Of the Christmas carols, I really enjoy the Jim Carrey one. Yeah, I like the animated one. Um, Christmas with the Cranks is like, eh, whatever. The Santa movies are all pretty good. The Santa are you, Claus Are going to watch the new show? There's going to be Santa Claus the show. Tim Allen coming back as Santa Claus. He's coming back. They're, making a, sh- <laughs> they're making a show. Those were probably my favorite as a kid. They, they hold up. In my, like three for, is for nostalgia. The third one, not so much because the weird. Three is a little weak. Yeah, yeah. Three is a little weak, but the first two are solid, super solid. They're cute. I like them. They're good. Uh... What's your favorite Christmas movie, Matt? Honestly, like the top ones would be the Santa Claus ones with Tim Allen. Same with How to Grinch. There's one that came out last year that I really enjoyed called I think it's called Love Hard. It's one of the Netflix original ones, which sounds terrible by default. But it's a good comedy one. Okay. It's got a, what this new uh, upcoming comedians in it, um, and it's it's a weird catfish story where like they meet online after she's given up on dating, like that cliche. Oh, uh, okay. But she decides to fly to the opposite end of the states to meet him on Christmas, and turns out instead of being like a big buff dude, it's like a tinier like Asian fellow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's just a it's just a funny movie. Which I really enjoy because like most, a rom com, yeah, Christ, very much a Christmas, Christmas rom com, Hallmark style almost. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yeah, I've never seen Die Hard. You haven't either. I've never seen Die Hard. I just oh my to goodness. beat the controversy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, please, totally, yeah. Oh, We're gonna no. get so much hate as soon as people hear that we've never seen Die Hard. Oh no! Oops! Whoopsie Daisy! But uh, yeah, I feel like that's. I feel like that's a good spot to go. We'll go into our fan question. All right, Matthew. What do we have? What's what's what do we got going on for the question? The question of the day, which we've kind of answered in a past episode all about card games, but today we're gonna discuss a little bit better. Coming back from eBats, that guy that didn't like our candy tier list, uh his question of the day is uh what's the better Dirty card arrow game? lover? Uh, what's <laughs> what's oh. the better card game? Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, or Magic? Of Okay the, the big three. <laughs> well, I'm a little biased. Yeah, I know you are. And by a little, I mean extremely biased. But it depends on what we're talking. If we're talking straight up balance, like best competitive card game, I think it's magic. If we're talking about the most fun, <laughs> <laughs> it's Yu-Gi-Oh! By a mile. You want a soft middle Pokemon. <laughs> the most fun, Yu-Gi-Oh! But at what point? For Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh for me, uh, well, I played Yu-Gi-Oh up until Pendulums came out. Pendulums and you was kind of Yeah, I didn't like Pendulums much, and that's also when I was like kind of falling off out of it anyways. And um I will say 
positives and negatives of Yu-Gi-Oh. Positives. Super fun, cool monsters, has an anime. That's a bonus. Obviously, Pokemon does too. But Sorry, Magic. No one's ever heard of Pokemon. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, so it's got its anime, which is awesome. It's got really cool card designs. Um, and it's very fast-paced. Yep. Super fast, which is also its negative. Definitely one of the negatives that it's fast-paced because... In my opinion, you can't really play it a one game. Because if you are familiar with competitive Yu-Gi-Oh, then you know there's a thing called side decking, which is 15 separate cards that you then have to switch out after a duel. So like if I was to duel Matt and I won, we each get to go into our side deck. If you have a properly prepared side deck, hopefully you have cards that you're able to sub out of your deck, put in the side cards to hopefully counter. So there's some strategy there. Yeah. But I feel like... If you're just doing like a one-off duel, if the person has a faster or a ridiculous deck, they win. And that's unfortunate. Actually, I do. This is by default because there's not really like... With Yu-Gi-Oh, the structure is obviously like your draw phase and you have your main phase. The, the, the issue... Whole... This is the issue with Yu-Gi-Oh. Hardest to learn, I think. Way too many rules. Way too many ways rules go. And way too complex. I agree. Like early Yu-Gi-Oh... Is a lot easier. I was going to say, with Yu-Gi-Oh, if you're ever getting into Yu-Gi-Oh, you almost have to start at the beginning of and base monsters way, and then base effect. And then you get into like synchro, not even synchro, sorry, like fusion, then synchro. It's definitely one like way, but that's the thing. It's a time sinker. It is. Where I feel like magic and Pokemon are a lot easier to pick up. Hard to master, but easier to pick up. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh is hard to pick up, also hard to master. And... Unfortunately, for majority of them, they're all very expensive if you want to be com- super competitive. If you're just playing with friends, it's no big deal. I feel like Matt and I have played Pokemon multiple times, and it's pretty fun, honestly, when you both have really crappy decks. Like, yep. it's sometimes you're <laughs> Anyone just, can win. Sometimes you're stuck, and you're like, I'm not getting what I need. Yeah. I'm stuck, and you're like, and then that's it. You're just both drawing. I think like, it's also, I'm stuck. With Pokemon, too, I think it's also good for, like, the... I don't want to say nostalgic from watching mm, like the anime, but some, like part of it is not from the anime. Um, some of it's fun when you have Pokemon you like. Yeah. But the problem is with every new set, there's new mons. So if you're not as attached to that gen, you're like, not gonna care as much. Exactly. Yeah. Um, magic, it's just you know fantasy. Like, I there's nothing I, wrong with them, but nothing. I just haven't. I I think in the long run, I would like magic. But I've only ever played like twice with just basic standard decks. But yeah, I but it's like still not, fun. It's, it's still enjoyable. Yeah, it's still fun with them. It's just Pokemon is so close to Magic. Like it's they're very they're there are big big differences, but they're similar. Yeah. And I think since you like Pokemon, that's just what you gravitate towards. Towards so, of the two, you're more likely to enjoy and play Pokemon just because you like Pokemon. Exactly. As as like, well, Pokemon. But to answer your question, it's Yu Gi Oh. But asterisks, I'm biased. Asterisks, it's a ridiculous game and hard to learn if yeah. you haven't played it. For me, Pokemon. I don't know. I recommend if you are interested in playing a card game, play Pokemon. Yep. Because for the most part, you probably know. Of, one, you've probably heard of Pokemon. You know a good amount of the Pokemon that you're going to see on the so cards. So you could always make a deck kind of maybe related to certain... As long as you're not playing super competitive, you could probably make a deck based on whatever Pokemon you want. So Top three Pokemon, you can easily make a deck out of. So Is it going to work? Maybe not, but it's okay. But you can make it. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! obviously has the most unique style of competitive rules as well, where yeah. uh, Magic and Pokemon for their competitive rules, it's sets. So 
if you're playing competitively, you have to use whatever the set current set is. Then so you have to make a deck from the set. Yep. So there's goods and bads. Goods of that is you can play those cards. Bad is you have to buy a new set every time they release it. Yu-Gi-Oh, you can play the same deck, but there's a ban list, which there's uh, semi-limited, limited, and forbidden. So that means some cards are limited to two because in Yu-Gi-Oh, you're allowed three, max three of a card. But sometimes some cards are limited to two, some are limited to one, some you're not allowed to play. So you're able to play old decks. Just they keep like power increasing, you know, like yeah. the power scaling is so ridiculous in Yu-Gi-Oh where it's like you play, a, you say you like a very like chill, old school kind of synchro deck. For the most part, that probably is not going to keep up because that involves a lot more setup and it's slower and you'll probably lose in one turn to some newer meta deck. That's that's. I else. speaking of Yu-Gi-Oh, I don't know the first thing about this new like this newer style summoning, the Link summoning. There's like a whole new monster zone or something. Two zones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, originally the goal of Link summoning was to reduce special summoning from Makes the extra sense. deck because people were, it would be your turn and you would have a whole field of extra deck cards. Yeah. And it's like okay, if somehow you couldn't win, like it's like good luck opponent because you would be like shutting them out from being able to do anything. But for some decks, that's like the goal. Yeah. And the whole point of links was they pointed to zones and those were, you had to summon your link monster in the link zone. And then that pointed to other zones. And that's where you could special summon cards from your extra deck. It's too much. So, but then they just made the link monsters broken where people were just summoning like three link monsters in one turn that then pointed to the remaining spots. And then you would have. And that's how you get your butt kicked in one turn. Kids. And then you would have your whole extra deck summoned anyways. Yeah. So they changed it that you, the ruling so that extra deck can be summoned again because that did ruin some classic synchro decks like um there's a whole bunch of decks that are like quasar decks mm -hmm. that are they all they just synchro summon like crazy and then eventually get to quasar who's like a really busted synchro so it's kind of like watching an exodia deck draw but instead of drawing you're watching a guy synchro summon until he gets quasar <laughs> and uh and then there was also decks like drag unity which is all about synchro summoning that were ruined by only being able to either have that link monster that pointed some or only being able to summon one extra deck yeah. card since you didn't summon a link. Okay. But link monsters aren't overly complicated. It's just knowing all the link monsters and stuff. But now that they switched it back where you can just play, like you can just play a regular synchro deck now again, which is nice. It's confusing. I think but, that is one thing with Pokemon. I don't know. I can't speak for magic, but like the core rules of Pokemon have not really changed for the card game. Yeah, that's well, that's, like, and that's the thing. That's for Yu-Gi-Oh. There was Link summoning, and then now it's more. The, yeah, and the, you remember when Pendulum summoning? They had their own extra zone. Yeah, and they took that. That's away. why they were broken. Yeah, that was their way of hard nerfing them. Yeah, because they needed it. Now they needed to take spots of the spell and magic spots. But uh, what Ed, Eddie had added on to his question was he wanted to ask like pre. Pre, um, I think he was saying pre-synchro. Mm -hmm. So we'll kind of, uh, you know, we can go a little bit more. And so what, have you ever played Yu-Gi-Oh? Like, when did you start playing Yu-Gi-Oh? When do you know? Like, when did you stop playing? What kind so of, what I'm going to call them gimmicks. kind of got me into I'm going to call them gimmicks. Because mm -hmm. it's kind of like when Pokemon games come out, there's always a new gimmick. Yeah. Like, oh, this is a new thing. And you're like, okay, whatever. Di thanks. Di Dynamax, Gigantamax. Yeah, thanks, Niantic. Yeah. I didn't ask for this, but cool, I guess. Or Game Freak, I'm sorry, Niantic. Yeah. <laughs> That's Pokemon Go. Um, but Game Freak goes always like, oh, yeah, here's a, 
you here's know, something new. Here's the mega evolutions. You're like awesome, and then they're like, okay, we're no more mega or very few mega evolutions in the the moves. They do that in the car. So that's obviously you're more speaking of Z the moves, right? So you're more speaking in the anim- the anime and the game itself, like the video game. But in the card game, they do something as as well. So like, well, yeah, the V Max. There and was stuff. EX, and then there yeah. was X, and then there was. But those that, cards are always. Hundreds. But those cards are always the same, in the sense that oh, this is a special card. Yeah, it's a little bit stronger, but the downside is if it dies, there's two two prize cards. Yeah, like or that's, three three. Yeah, but though. that's always been the yeah. same throughout. That they're a special card that's defeated, then yeah. But they they change that special card every series. Yeah, but for the most part, that's but that's all that similar, all that's yeah. doing is changing yeah. this, the the set. Mm-hmm. It's just okay. This sets instead of ex, it's vmax. Yeah, that's right? fair. So, but they usually keep the same ruling. Yeah, it's not <laughs> introducing in a completely new archetype, <laughs> which true. is kind of what you like Yu Gi Oh. Every time their set comes out, there's new archetypes usually then there's and the problem is they want you to the way Yu-Gi-Oh makes you want to buy stuff whereas Pokemon if you want to play competitively you have to buy the new set because you can only play with the new set yeah whereas the way Yu-Gi-Oh does it since some people might just use their old deck is sometimes they'll ban or severely hinder whatever was currently meta which is usually the newest set something in the newest set they'll hurt that deck and then they release something that's even more broken that's untouched that's confusing. So then people who want to win are more likely to buy those sets. Yeah. And try and build a deck out of those. So and you don't get usually the good cards are the hardest to get card in the box. So you have to buy multiple boxes or spend a lot of money on them singly. Yeah. As singles. So that's how they get you. That makes sense. So anyways, no. going more. You uh started, I got you so in. You got me into Yu-Gi-Oh! a bit, and then we did it. I made a pendulum deck. Ah, uh, yes. For yes. the Performa Pals. Um <laughs> And then I have like that. And then um, our old friend Ethan, back in the day, sold us oh, Battle sold his Battling Boxer deck to me for like 20 bucks. Super, we played a few rounds. Yeah. Battling Boxers are fun, but they would never be competitively Gosh, no. good because they're so slow. But and then about a year or two ago, I played some Yu-Gi-Oh! Because there's a new... They've introduced something new inside of... So they have like the competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! Obviously with the packs. And they have the starter decks. And now they've introduced something called Speed Duels. Okay. Which is basically like older style decks, and they're cut in half. So instead of sixty, it's thirty, and you have like special cards and everything. But it's specifically you for s- you speed say duel. sixty, but most Yu Gi Oh decks are forty. I know, I know. I say up to sixty because that was the standard ruling. Yeah. So up to thirty. Yeah. So these 30. are like the ones that you just buy as mini decks. Yeah, and, and they're just them. speed duels, and it's usually like so in the one pack. But do you know if there's a speed pack. duel scene, or is it just? For fun with those. I think it's more for fun. So people that are trying to get into Yu-Gi-Oh, I think. Trying to get in or once played old. Yeah. Older stuff. Because yeah. for the... F- so they're doing in sets. So just not even a month ago, the Speed Duel GX set for- came out. But all before that was like... Had fusions? Yeah. Fun. It was only that. So you played as Kaiba or you played as Yu-Gi-Oh. And they were all based on the decks that he had. So yeah, like yeah. The based Kaiba on deck character was, decks. That yeah. makes sense. So there was a Joey deck. There was a Valentine deck. Um trying to remember the other characters but i'm pretty sure there was a raptor deck all the characters Someone from the tells original. me none of these cards are legal in a regular Yu-Gi-Oh setting either probably not yeah it wouldn't surprise me but, but it'd be fun to play but yeah what about for you well for me i well i think um i think there's fun fusion decks i think there's fun synchro decks i think there's fun xyz um pendulum didn't play much so for me, 
my favorite era is the XYZ, but before Pendulums, like somewhere in that area. Mm. It's kind of a sweet spot. I also say that as one of my favorite archetypes to play, which actually Matt has the mic on one of the playmats that I have from a uh, from a World Championship qualifier, which is the um, Mermails. Those are like one of my all-time favorite archetypes. And that, that, uh, another big one for you is Black. Black wings. Black wings are one of my favorite as well, but they're not. Mermails are good. Mm-hmm. Black wings were good when synchros like were first coming out. Okay, they were pretty awesome, but mermails have were able to hold strong through different era, like not full eras, but they held strong through different um, metas. Okay, where they were always like a fringe deck or like a solid A tier deck, but not an S tier deck. But when they're S tier, they're broken as hell. Yeah, that makes sense. But but I love their art uh, is a big thing. They're like sea monsters, which is cool. And they're, I mean, Matt's played against me with them. They're pretty solid. So I suck at Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't help either. But they, uh, yeah, they're fun. They, uh, they're quick. They're fun. Um, on the new Yu-Gi-Oh game, I can't remember what it's called. Is it Legacy of the Duelist or? Yep, the one on, that I've played. No, it's the other one then. The um, Master Duel. Yeah, the one that. Is their version of like you can play people online? Master duels, yeah, because you can play on your PC. You can play I your I have pretty close to like the Mermel deck I have. Dang, and it's just fun to play every now and then. But I'm not super up to date. Um, it's super expensive, and I don't play competitively, so there's no point. And, sure. um, I just don't want to learn all the rules for the new stuff. That's like That's my true. issue. Like, so I would say that kind of sweet spot right before pendulums is kind of my, That's fair. my, uh, my favorite. Well, if, uh, if you're still listening, if you guys ever want to watch us, uh, play a Pokemon duel or a Yu-Gi-Oh duel or magic or something, let us know in the comments. So yeah, we so can forth. definitely record a, our POVs for, uh, and post it on our, uh, play channel on YouTube. Exactly. Which is the nerd at the nerdy misfits play. Correct, which will hopefully have content soon. Hoping to have content. Well, I, as you are w- listening, hopefully there's content on both both YouTube channels. Go check it out and subscribe and then yeah, let us know. Check all our <laughs> socials out. This has been Matthew and Connor, and we'll see you guys next, next week. Time. Well, next week. Next week. We'll see you next oh week. Oh, my gosh. Every real. week okay. is a Nerdy Misfit week. We're going to see you next week. Bye. <laughs> The Nerdy Misfit Podcast. Don't forget to join the island by dropping a follow. Thank you. And see you next week.